Broadcasting from Boss Hog Studios in Hazard County, it's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hey, we're going to talk about the fun stuff today, the big Tonka toys, the 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 full-size ones with Ryan Spear. He's with the Heavy Equipment Operating Academy. You can actually go to school right here in Arkansas to learn how to drive this big and operate this big equipment. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And you're absolutely right. You can come out there and we'll train you up. And then uh, in a few weeks, you'll be uh, ready to rock and roll and start making the big money. Yeah, that's right. Well, are you from Arkansas? Originally, I'm not. I'm actually from California, I'm afraid to say. Um, well, everybody's fleeing California. <laughs> yeah, I flew. I fled California about 20 years ago and uh, heard it's gotten a lot worse since I left. So <laughs> apparently I made the right choice. Everybody's sleeping on the sidewalk out there. It's that's just right. unbelievable. What was your first exposure to uh, heavy equipment? Honestly, I got uh, hooked up with a guy who was in this field, and, and it's kind of a sad story. I mean, I wish somebody would have told me about this when I was in high school. Right. But when I was going to high school, they were just preaching four-year universities. You need to go to college, 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 get a degree, degree, degree. That's all I ever heard. In fact, everybody pointed at these trades and goes, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want a guy, you know, that lineman climbing the pole. You don't want to be the guy in the heavy machinery like that. Let me look at that, you know, dirty jobs kind of thing. You know, AI is not going to replace that guy. <laughs> that's absolutely right. It takes a skilled individual to operate these machines. Some of these machines are worth over half a million dollars. They're not going to put somebody in that control that doesn't know what they're doing. So that's where that's we true. come in. That's yep. true. And I think Mike Rowe has promoted this sort of thing. He is. He's a big proponent. In fact, he has a scholarship, too, that he gives out yearly. Um, and I think it's like $2,500 per student that applies for it. And basically, you just have to sign a little pledge, do a little video interview or video essay kind of thing, and uh, there you go. There's 2500 bucks, and it only uh, promotes trades. So that's electricians and plumbers and welders and heavy equipment operators and that sort of thing. So you can't use it to get a four-year degree. It's you, beautiful. You had to have had some Tonka trucks and stuff when you were a kid. I, I remember having the big metal uh, dump truck. Yep. Those things are worth money now. Oh, I know it. I know it. I guess people collect those things. They do. They even restore them and make them look just shiny and brand new. Yep. Yeah, toys aren't metal anymore. No, it's all plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Ours are metal. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, at what point did uh, they start to require, I guess they require, some certifications to operate this kind of stuff? I would think at some point in time you probably learned it from your uncle or Jim Bob or whatever, and that was the end of it. That's how it's been. And usually it's been the farm kids growing up and stuff, and they've kind of graduated and gone this route and that sort of thing. Um, and, and some states are different. Some states require certification. Some contractors require certification. Some don't. There's actually no nationwide standard at this point. That's something they're working on, and it's going to be in the future. You know, five, ten years from now, that is going to be a standard that we have. Um, but right now, there actually isn't one. Um, so we actually, like I said, when, with our program, we train them up, certify them, um, and then we put them into work. So they'll, they will have those certifications where if they want to go join the union or something like that, they're going to have the credentials to do so. I don't know how they get insurance to do what they do without having some type of a certification in place. And, and when some government contracts require it too. Um, and even some government contracts and stuff, they want you to have so many, you know, females on your staff. And, you know, if you're working for a school, for example, you have to have a clean background record and things like that. So there's different hoops that government contracts really have you jump through. But some states to operate, you would need this certification, correct? Yes, some states you do. Um, some require some jobs require certified operators just for insurance purposes and things like that. So is it a law in some places? It's not, it's not a law yep. anywhere. Yep. So that, like I said, it's coming that way. That's the way it's going, and it will be in a few years. So let's say you obtain a certification for a certain piece of equipment. Does it transfer to a different piece of equipment, or or is there like a school for each thing? 
Well, basically, we train you up on everything, um, or you can just pick and choose. So if you want to do really? a custom course, like, yeah, like if I just want to be just a, an excavator operator, that's fine. We'll take you just on that. You're certified as an excavator operator. There you go. Now, you're certified as an excavator operator, but you're going to know nothing about the dozer. So if somebody threw you on that one day, you're just going to be tearing stuff up and looking ridiculous. You know what I mean? So it's not like they translate or anything. So uh, you basically either have to be certified on it or, you know, you can do the work or you can't. How much fun is this? Oh, it's a blast. First thing I ever got to do was actually demo work, which was absolutely, I mean, you've never lived in this world, I promise you, until you've knocked down some old lady's house. Take that little oh, bucket yeah. and that excavator and <laughs> yeah. it was termite infested and coming down. I'm like, all right, I get to tear this up and you're going to pay me to do this. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> it's like, you know, you hear about fire departments burning them down for, oh, yeah. you know, training purposes or whatever. Yeah. I can imagine running through it with a bulldozer <laughs> even better or, a, ki or a kill dozer. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, have you ever taken like a sledgehammer and just totally destroyed something? There's satisfaction you get to just oh, smash sure. something to bits. I imagine that times 100. You got kind of the ballpark, what that feels like. Does controlling these things vary from brand to brand? I'm sure there's more than one brand that makes a dozer or. Oh, absolutely. There's like Case, Komatsu. There's John Deere, of course, makes one. Cat, of course. They're one of the biggest. Everybody's heard of Caterpillar. Um, but yeah, there's, there's hundreds of different brands out there that make this kind of equipment. The controls are pretty much similar across the board. There's little variations and stuff here and there, but for the most part, it's pretty much consistent. Are they all air conditioned these days? Any new equipment you buy, typically it is. Now, if you get like rental equipment stuff, they do, you know, they're not going to air condition that kind of stuff, but everything we have on site is air conditioned, heated. Our dozer even has heated seats. It's ridiculous. So really? Oh yeah. It's comfy. Like Cadillac, <laughs> a Cadillac dozer. That's exactly what it is. Uh, you can literally hit a button and there you go. You got a warm tuchus and you're set. Bluetooth for your yeah, stereo. Bluetooth. You can do all that. Yep. They have stereos and mm -hmm, Absolutely. So it's not even work. It's just playing. No, and literally you're sitting there with two joysticks in your hands. It's like, I mean, this is like playing video games getting paid for it. I mean, it's, it's just that easy. Man, I'm really thinking about this yeah. now. And this is not back. <laughs> Most people think they see this big construction equipment, right? They think back-breaking, manual labor sort of stuff. This is not that job. You are sitting in a chair all day in the air condition with your heated seat if, you, if it's cold. And then you got two joysticks in either hand, and you're just going to town having a blast. Do you find that people get into this travel a lot or do they tend to stay where they live it depends some people really want to make the big money and they want to go out of state and stuff um, you can make more money um, so we have a few boys here in arkansas that graduate they wanted to go back and stay close to home with their mom and their family and stuff and we totally get that and that's that's fine you can do that there's plenty of construction here in arkansas like especially if you know across the river going to i-30 and stuff and i mean it's everywhere right um, but if you want to travel and make more you can we recently placed one student, graduated our academy. He's in California right now. He's making $170 a day per diem. He's making $45 an hour, working 60 hours a week. And, if you and he's where? That, in California. He's living in his fifth wheel. Basically took his fifth wheel out there. And like I said, 170 a day, 45 bucks an hour, 60 hours a week. You do the math on that, he's way over six figures. Wow, Fresh that's incredible. School. Oh, yeah. Or if you want, like, you know, job, you know, where it's definitely never going to end. You could work on 67, 167. Oh, definitely. I mean, you that's know? always under construction, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could retire from from there. You know? Well, they also have, like, quarries and stuff. So if you want to go down to a quarry and just load dump trucks all day long, well, it's the same job, same place every single day. You just go up and load dump trucks all day long kind of thing. Um, even the guy at your local dump, uh, garbage dump, landfill, he's driving a bulldozer yeah, all true. day long, bulldozing over your trash you throw away every day. Yeah, but he has to deal with the smell. Now, you're in a cab. You just oh, pick okay. the AC up and... <laughs> 
I would think Alaska maybe would have some high-paying stuff. They for are great. Alaska, you're looking at 45 50 bucks an hour, $200 a day per diem, that kind of wage starting out. Um, good money. But with Alaska, they only work six months out of the year. That's it. They it's ramp too up. cold. It's too cold. Yeah, ground freeze is over, and it's 30 below zero, and you know your, your fuel lines are freeze kind of in the middle of winter there. So, Plus, it's dark 24-7 once the winter hits in, so... You know, it's kind of one of those things. They work yeah. in the summer and the spring and you know, early fall, and then they shut everything down. Yeah, my sister lived there for three years, and it's just so weird. The sun's out at 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. <laughs> That's just bizarre. Yep. But I literally have one guy. He literally works there for six months. He comes back in time for deer season. He hunts, and he stay at home dad for six months. Then he just goes right on back. And That's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, it's not bad. Six months on, six months off, and you just live off of what you made, you know? Yeah. Now, when did the school start? Okay, so we tried. We started actually before COVID, and then COVID hit. It shut us down. Okay. We basically had to stop. So, if you, we really didn't start after COVID. So it's like twenty twenty one. So that's when we really started ramping back up again. Um, so we've only been open. If you count that, just from after COVID, it's really been two years. Um, if you count before that, though, it's been like three. So, what is the website? Somebody wants to find out a little more about the Heavy Equipment Operating Academy. Uh, so it's it's really easy. Just get into heavyequipment.com. So that's get into heavyequipment.com. Takes you right to our website. Man, that's cool. Hey, we're talking with Ryan Spear about the Heavy Equipment Operating Academy. That's in Greenbrier, right? Right around Greenbrier? Uh, just somewhere? north of Greenbrier uh, in B Branch. So we're B south Branch. of Clinton, okay. north of Greenbrier. Ryan, what is the average age of somebody that comes to your academy? Good question. So we have guys all the way from ancient from as young as 16. And our oldest student to date, if you believe this, is 65 years old. Really? Yep. <laughs> I think it would be. Now, did he, did he really want to get into it? Or he really he just, did. He, he really just did. thought it was cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's something he's always wanted to do his entire life. And, you know, he actually was in the refrigeration industry, and he just got sick and tired of what he was doing. He's like, can I go out there and learn this and make a career doing this? And absolutely, he's working. Is he? Yep. He's actually, down in, he's actually in Florida right now, making 30 an hour right now. So how, how, what's the ratio to people that move off with the skill they learn here in Arkansas versus the people that stay home? I'd say it's about half. Half of them want to stay home, and then the other half want to go out and try and make more money in other states. I mean, Arkansas, we have the lowest cost of living pretty much in the entire country, right? So things are a little bit cheaper here and everything. But, um, I mean, your big top earners are going to be like Alaska, California, New York, places like that. They're going to pay your top dollar. But the cost of living there is a lot higher, so they have to. Um, so that's kind of the trade-off. So if you want to stay here and stay local and stuff, you can make a little bit less. But you know, again, you're, only, you're not paying six dollars an hour, a gallon for gas either. You know, so those states without the catfish restaurants just not worth it to me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay home. There you go. <laughs> stay here I'm home with the barbecue and the catfish. You know. Hey, I want to ask you if a student lives far away but they want to go to your school, can you accommodate that? Absolutely. So we actually have a local landlady we work with. We have two homes that we rent from her, and we only charge students $250 a month for housing. So if somebody wanted to come out of state or even out of the basically the local area. So I have kids down in El Dorado and stuff that want to come to class and up in Rogers and things like that. And obviously, the commute's too far, so they could stay with us too. And like I said, only 250 bucks a month for room and board. I mean, that's and we try to make it as reasonable as possible for students. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And are they fairly close to the school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got one in Greenbrier. Uh, the other one's just north in Clinton, so 15 minutes away, Max. We're talking with Ryan Spear. He runs the, uh, he's part of the Heavy Equipment Operating Academy in B Branch, Arkansas. Really cool driving by it there on 65, and you see this big field and all this equipment lined up. Just what you've got sitting out there is a great advertisement. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What? How, how much is it? 
practical education versus there's got to be some classroom. There is, there is. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too. So this is as hands-on as hands-on gets. Um, and there is some classroom stuff. We're going to teach you how to read blueprints, civil drawings, the grade stakes, the survey markers, the permit requirements, all the OSHA and MSHA safety requirements is included. Um, you know, all that stuff that actually goes with this trade as well. So it, it's kind of geared to where you can graduate the class, you'll be a killer operator, but we're going to give you the technical knowledge too, where if you want to climb that ladder later, if you want to become like a foreman or a superintendent, work your way on up, within a year or two, you're going to have the skills to do that. So you're not just a great operator, but again, with that background, we're hoping most of our students actually want that want to climb that ladder can. So, and then if you want to go even further, open up your own business later on, you know, five years from now or something like yeah. that, start your own construction, put your own last name on the back of some trucks and, and get to it. What is the testing process like? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to envision that in my head. Is a guy driving a dozer out through some cones, or he's got a perfectly? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. What 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 is involved with that? Do, do some people not pass? Well, that's a good question. So, uh, pretty much everybody. We've only had a couple students that have really struggled in the past, but I mean, most people pass. And basically, this isn't like a, a college exam where you have some final and you have to you know score so high a percentage or something like that. Our testing is in the field. So we may lay out a 100 by 100 pad, you know, for a house or something, a foundation. You have to grade that thing perfectly flat, and that may be a test within a certain time limit, okay? Another test may be it's like, okay, I want a bell hole right here. Here's your trench. I want this sloped, this kind of thing. And we may have a time limit for that. And basically, if you don't make it, well, we test again and again and again and Until again. you get Until it you down. get it. And there's some students that's like, okay, you're struggling here on the dozer. Meet me after class. We'll stay a couple extra hours for you so you can get some extra practice and get caught up. Or, you know, we might come in on a Saturday here, you know, spend four extra hours with you, a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. And that's what separates us from everybody else, too, is we're going to make sure to do everything in our power to make sure you pass. So if you need extra help, you can stay out there and keep it. driving that thing for two hours. Yep. Wow. Tell me about, like, what tuition cost. So the pricing varies. Um, the least expensive program we have is about $5,200, and that's for our loader program, and it goes all the way up to 15000 And that covers all the equipment, and that's the two-and-a-half-month course that I was talking about. And I know for a lot of people that may seem like, a, oh, man, that's a lot of money, but if you really think about it and you start averaging the cost of college for per semester oh, or per yeah. year, it is a drop in the bucket what you'd be paying at a four-year university, I promise you. The other cool thing is we have a great student loan program. It's through uh, Arkansas Rule. They're a nonprofit. They're based out of Little Rock. Um, and if you have somebody that can co-sign for you, they'll fund 100% of it. There's no payments while you're in school, and there's no repayments till six months after you graduate. So even if you took out a student loan, your first payment's not even due till you're already making you know good money for six months. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. that's a great thing. The other thing we have, too, is uh, we're working on relationships right now with some contractors where you may be able to go for little or nothing if you can get one of these companies to sponsor you as a student. So we're working on that relationship. So you would agree right to work for them for a, a couple of years or yep. something to that effect? Yep. And that's a good deal, too. Yeah. So if you can't even afford the student loan, we still got you covered. That's a good deal. What what Can you expand on what a student is going to learn in this class? It, it's designed for everything. So we take students that some of them have had, just had a little bit of farm experience. Maybe they've driven their dad's tractor here and there right, and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and we also take students that have never touched a machine before in their life. Brand new, green as green can be, and we're going to take you all the way up. And our goal by the time you graduate that class is you're 80% efficient on all the machinery. So if there's a 30-year-old vet out there and this is the kind of quality of work he can do, we expect you to be 80% of that person. And that's true from all of our graduates. That's what we're getting out of them. And we just keep drilling and drilling and practicing and practicing until we get you to that level. I would think it's kind of a diminishing skill. If you didn't stay on it all the time, you wouldn't be as sharp 
on a dozer, you know, I mean, I was a motorcycle cop for, and you know, when you're riding every day in town for four years straight, you become pretty confident on that, but I don't know that I could get through the cone course if I had to do it right now. Right. You yeah, know. And it's kind of the same thing. If you, if you didn't drive for a month and then you got behind the wheel of a car, be like, okay, give me a few minutes here yeah, to get my bearing straight. <laughs> but then once you get your bearing straight, it's like riding a bike. You're never going to forget it. You know, you're just back off to the races again. When we drive by there on 65 and see your school and we see all that stuff sitting out there, what all equipment is that lined up out there that they're going to drive? So that's uh, we have two dozers right now. We have four excavators. Um, our two dozers, we have a 650 and then a 450. Those are both John Deere's. And then we have uh, four excavators. Our smallest one is a mini excavator. Uh, it's a 50 series. And then we go all the way up to a 200 series, which that's about 55,000 pound machine. Uh, then we have a telehandler. We have two back hoes. Um, well, actually, one of them is extended hoe too. It actually extends the actual back of the hoe as well. Uh, there's a front end loader, skid steer with multiple attachments on there. We even have a utility tractor. So if you don't know how to drive a clutch, you're going to figure that out real quick, or you're going to stall out a bunch of times. One of the two. <laughs> I could probably move the tractor. My dad's got a tractor. I've, that's a lot of fun. That throws a lot of people for a loop with that clutch. Really? Oh yeah. Because it's not that way in the big stuff. It's no. No, the big stuff doesn't have that. Even our front-end loader, it's automatic. So you just put it in gear like a truck and That's drive it. it around. That's it. Is there a steering wheel or levers, yeah. or how's that work? It has a steering wheel, and then you got one handle over here on the right side for the bucket and stuff, and that just controls your bucket. But, yeah, it's, it drives just like a car. The only difference is with the front-end loader, it actually pivots in the middle. And it kind of throws some people off every once in a while, too. It doesn't steer with the front tires. The front tires and the rear tires are locked, and the machine ah. pivots in the middle to turn. And you keep all the stereos and this stuff set to the buzz, right? Is that the sure one do. Else? That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, somebody graduates your school. Do you have anything in place that helps place them in jobs? Oh, it's it's the, we have the best job. I mean, I to do our own horn here. We have the best job placement as far as I'm concerned. We actually invite all the local contractors. So Weaver Bailey, McGeorge, James A. Rogers, um, Garrett Excavating. Uh, we'll actually towards the end of class, we shoot them all invites and email and say, hey, we have a class coming up here in two weeks. Come on out here, see who you want to hire, and they all start showing up. It's like a scout watching baseball players. He, that's exactly what it's like. And they literally roll out, some of these companies, the contractors, they're all with four or five guys. You know, the owner will be there and the superintendent will be there and maybe one of their foremans will be with them and their, their HR guy. And, you know, there's like, okay, let's, let's pull him aside. We like the way he's looking. And I'm just sitting here back here listening, getting, I'm just chuckling. It, it's, it's hilarious. Do the students, are they aware of this? They're oblivious. They're out in the field. They're <laughs> operating the stuff. And, you know, it's like, so we'll get on the radio. We'll call them in one at a time if they want to talk to somebody, if they like the way they're performing and stuff. And, you know, they'll pull them aside and say, hey, this is where we are. You want to go on our website? Here's our application. Just fill this out. And I'm telling you, most of our students have a job before week eight, week nine. You know, there's some people I would think may, might want to come to your school. And I wonder if you do anything to help single parents. We do. We How do. does that work? Well, I mean, one of the things, too, there's actually a single parent scholarship that we have. Okay. It's 1200 bucks. You can get right off the bat if you're a single parent just to go to school. And that could cover child care or, you know, living expenses or, you know, whatever you need there. So um, the other really good scholarship is that rehabilitation scholarship. If you have any sort of disability or anything, I'm talking like ADHD or uh, if your parents or your folks are on, you know, welfare or any sort of uh, social security disability or anything like that, there's scholarship and free funding out there for you just to get you, you know, up and about and off those programs and things. So really good free funding available for students that are in those kind of situations. I want to ask you the question. There's some people out there listening I know have, are thinking about this. Do you ever let the students bring the equipment off the training field to 
do little dirt work jobs as, for experience at a low cost, like a barber shop. You know, training people to cut hair, you go get a bad haircut or something. Yeah, we, we do. You're exactly <laughs> right. Um, usually, the trade off is we do it cheaper than a lot of other people. Right. But, uh, I will tell you, it takes us longer. We have to stop. We have to train. We have to do things like that. Um, and the benefit is, too, it lets our students do, like, real live work. Uh, the other thing is, too, like, a lot of the side jobs and stuff that we do, they're smaller stuff that most contractors probably don't want to waste their time with. Like, somebody wants a driveway with a little culvert or something, or, you know, I want a water line just run to my house and things like that. So a lot of the stuff we do is kind of on the smaller end. We're not doing, like, multi-million dollar projects or road construction or, you know, any government contracts or anything like that. But, yeah, occasionally we do do the, some of the smaller stuff. Give us some examples. Out. This is one example. We literally had a guy uh, two miles down the road, and we were hauling a piece of equipment down to us. And this, it was an older man, probably in his 70s. And he had a culvert out in front of his driveway, and he was literally out there with a shovel digging. Well, we pulled off to the side of the road, and we told this guy, you know, stop. You're going to have a heart attack out here in the middle of July. We'll come back here. Let us dig that for you. Yeah. And we'll put it in there for you. And we did, free of charge. We didn't charge him anything for it. And, you know, and like I said, he was literally just a mile down the road from our academy. So we were able to actually just walk the machine down there, dig it up, put it in the dirt form, and, and bury it back up. And save that old man a bunch of time and sweat and <laughs> a whole lot of stuff. So, do these students learn how to put in a septic tank? They can't. Yeah, we actually have culverts, leech lines, and stuff that they play with PVC pipes. Um, and they learn the fall and all that stuff that goes with that. Yep, that's part of it. That looks fairly complicated. I've seen them do that with it's laser now, correct? Yeah, and you have to have such a. I mean, sometimes it's a two degree or a four percent fall or whatever the blueprints call for, um, and basically you have to have a, a laser set up on that pipe to be able to go. Okay, it's going in this far. There's also an old school way of doing it, which you can actually measure and take measurements from like a you know a laser grader or something like that to make sure that your falls are still consistent. But yeah, if you're doing it with water, it's got to have a, a certain fall to it all the time. Hey, we're talking with Ryan Spear. He's with the Heavy Equipment Operating Academy. You can learn to drive bulldozers and excavators and all that uh, kind of fun stuff. What's the website again? So, yeah, it's heoacademy.com. That's Henry Echo October Academy.com. Or you can go to getintoheavyequipment.com. That'll take you to our website as well. Do dirt work jobs have a progressing level of difficulty? Like what would you say was the easiest going up to what's the hardest? The easiest stuff is clearing land, pushing down trees and grabbing and things like that. That to me is just, it's fun. Um, I enjoy it. Um, and then it starts getting difficult. The, the difficulty comes in the ground types and the soil types. You start getting into granite and slate and things like that. It can get, you know, hammering and jackhammering and stuff just to break all that stuff up. That's when it starts to get complicated. How far down is that? You know, I've heard people like they're trying to put in a storm shelter and they get so far down and, and you ain't digging this. It depends on where you're at. I, there's land out here to where it is solid rock two inches down, and that's what you're dealing with. And there's other places where you may go eight feet and not hit rock. So it just kind of depends on where you're at and that kind of thing. Now, where we're located, there's a lot of shale. Uh, you dig down far enough, we got a layer of slate about four or five feet deep down. So once you hit that, it comes real fun. And, uh, <laughs> But in other parts of the country, like I said, different stones out there. Your students didn't build that National Corvette Museum, did they? Because, no. I mean, how do you build that <laughs> building and then, you know, 20 cars falls in the bat cave, 40 feet in a cave underneath it. How does that uh, even happen? I, they, they probably didn't do core samples or they didn't dig down to see what was under there. Um, a lot of places, they'll dig down and take core samples and stuff, but who knows? 
Somehow I mean, they missed it. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw that video. <laughs> they got a lot of publicity over that. I guess it turned out okay in the end. Destroyed a few cars. It's part of the tour I'm sure it's probably had insurance too, right? You know, so. I would think they uh, probably did. So knowing what kind of, what is the easiest dirt to work with? Well, I mean, personally, sand. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, it just kind of falls in on itself. So sand is pretty easy. But if you get down just like some, you know, clay and stuff, that's not too bad. Um, the rock is just the hardest. I mean, it's just nobody likes hitting a solid rock and then chipping away your bucket at it and just, you know. Is it important that, that it's dry? You can't do this kind of work in, in rainy weather, right? You can't. I mean, it can't be too. And here's the thing. There's, there's, a, there's actually a sweet spot. It can't be too dry and it can't be, you know, too wet. If it's too dry, you get like the lunar surface kind of thing where it's just poof and there's just dust flying up everywhere. You can't really do much with that. You're definitely not going to be able to make a pad or a foundation for a home or anything when the ground's too dry. If it's too wet, obviously the same thing applies. It's going to become mud and you can't work with it either. So there's actually a sweet spot here. And when, if you get that sweet spot just right, it'll harden up and you'll have a nice big pad to, for your home or driveway or whatever you're building. Ryan, I would think that occasionally this has become a problem. How often do you run into a guy as a student, they're certified to run the bulldozer, but nobody has the right licensing to drive the truck out there that has the trailer with the dozer on it? How, how often do you get into that jam? Not too often. Um, it, it, you're right. It does take a CDL to haul this equipment around. So that's one thing that you can't have. And, and you're I, not I, teaching for that, right? No, we're not teaching for that. Um, we are looking at adding that program possibly next year. Um, that's something we're working on and adding on there. Um, but it does require a CDL to haul the equipment around. Um, a good thing about that is if you are a CDL driver and you wanted to come through this program, a lot of contractors out there, well, they'll pay you an extra dollar to an hour just because not only can you operate when you get to the job site, but now you can haul it around as you complete stuff too. You're saving a bunch of money from having to hire that out from a subcontractor or, or you know, a, you know. I would think that would company. give you a major advantage. It, if you can haul the equipment there and then drive the equipment. It, it does. It gives you a huge advantage. Yeah, big time. Talk about how much do these students learn about maintaining these vehicles? Because, I mean, they're, they're essentially tanks. You're going to break break a track or something at some point, right? Bearing's going to go out. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and they do just about everything on the machine. So every single morning, part of our op uh, operation, they have a pre-op inspection. They have to go around the machine. They're checking every hose. They're checking oil. They're checking hydraulic fluid levels, all that kind of technical stuff they need. And they're interested in making sure there's no you know visible damage anywhere on the, on the machine. Uh, on top of that, too, if they break a hydraulic line, well, guess what? Now I'm going to show you how to put one on. We go out there as a class. Here's how you do it and that kind of thing. If they throw a track off, well, guess who gets to put a track back on? Well, come on out there. We'll have a little classroom session. Here's how you put one back on and that sort of thing. So, yeah, they do all that general kind of stuff. Now, they're not diesel mechanics. We don't expect them to repair you know, the engine right. or anything like that. But the basic stuff, absolutely. Now, some contractors, once they get working, there's places out there that they do all that stuff. You don't have to lift a finger on that kind of thing. There's other smaller outfits. You know, you get your mom and pop operation where they got a dozen employees or whatever. Well, you got to rope your sleeves and take yeah. care of the machine yourself. So, you ever had an army guy come out that was a tank guy? He would he would be a, a ahead of everybody, I would think. Uh, we've had a few vets, but I mean, really, it, they're just like everybody else. They got to learn from the beginning too. Yeah, well, that's so cool. Um, Give us the website one more time. Yeah, it's uh, heoacademy.com. That's Henry Echo October Academy.com, or you can type getintoheavyequipment.com. 
Have you ever thought about just letting the public come out like a Las Vegas experience and drive this cool stuff around? Well, that's a good question. We actually let anybody who wants to just try this out can come for free. So really? if you had a kid or you know a high school student, a senior or something that wanted to come out and just see if this was for him, come on out. Pay us a visit. I'll put him on an excavator. I'll put him on a dozer. I'll let him just try it out. See if this is something he can see himself doing for a career. Or even if you're 40 years old, hey, I'm looking at switching careers. Come on out. Spend an hour with me. Well, I'm 50. I'm too old. <laughs> I never Maybe too you old. could help me from my walker up onto the step, <laughs> get in that dozer. It does sound like a lot, a lot of fun. Oh, it's a blast. It's an absolute blast. So we're talking with Ryan uh, Spear. He is with the Heavy Equipment Operating Academy. You've been going, what, about three years in B Branch now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Actually, we've been on this new property now. We just we actually outgrew our old one. We were on seven acres before, um, and we kind of outgrew that really quickly. So now we're right off of Highway 65. We uh, bought that property back in December of last year, so we've only been there for about six or seven months. And uh, when we first bought it, it was wooded. You couldn't see a single speck of dirt on there. It was just trees and bushes and shrubs as far as the eye can see. And um, our students have just been out there and knocking down trees and things like that. And we've gotten it to kind of the shape you've seen now. Uh, just in a, just in a few months. How many students have went through? So far this year, we've had 36 graduates. Um, we should have about 50 by the end of the year. We do five classes per year. Um, our averaging about anywhere from between 12 to 14 students per class. So that's about what we uh, we graduate per year. I guess it works. You've got students, all the equipment working at a time, so they're rotating around, or how's that work exactly? Right, absolutely. So one day you're going to be on the dozer. The next day you'll be on the excavator. After that, you'll be on the backhoe. Then we transition to the skid steer and that kind of thing. So you work your way through all the pieces, and you'll have plenty of time and plenty of practice on, on all the equipment. Um, and this is all hands-on. So we don't do any sort of simulator practice or anything like that, no computer games or any of that. Really? You are physically on the equipment day one, in fact, in the class. Um, and most of our classroom, we're just kind of going back to that a little bit. Um, the first three weeks are basically split days. You'll be in the classroom for the first half of the day, learning all that technical knowledge. After that, we break for lunch. Then you'll be out in the field practicing what we've gone over. After the first three weeks, all the book stuff is done. We've knocked that out. We only revisit that if you need extra help on it or need a refresher or anything like that. But other than that, you're in the field practicing what we've been over. I've always heard the guys that really make the money are like operating those huge cranes. Is that true? And, and can someone learn to run a crane at your school? A crane program, we're actually working on getting that next year. Right now, what we have is we have a telehandler, which I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it basically assumed like a, a crane and a forklift had a baby. That's about what a telehandler is. As a huge 100-foot boom you stick up in the air with a pair of forks on it. You have your load charts and stuff and your things like that you got to pay attention to. Um, but we teach you how to operate that, and you can haul hoist joists up or you know whatever you have. If you're building a you know one, two-story building or whatever, you can hoist anything up there you want. So it's as close as you can get to being a crane operator without actually you know physically being a crane operator. Like if you had a pallet of pop tarts you could you could pick that up 100 feet in the air in <laughs> fact there's a video on our tiktok it was hilarious we actually hoisted a basketball 100 feet in the air and then dropped it and did a basketball shot and you made it through the hoop yep took about 30 attempts but we finally did it <laughs> that's that's really cool tell me about this you know my whole life i've heard of people operating some tractors been in their family 100 years the stink the thing still runs they still use the thing does this kind of equipment have that kind of a lifetime have you have you seen that i mean they're all diesel yeah 
I mean, as long as you have a well-maintained machine, as long as it's in good working order, I mean, you can use something as long as you want. Uh, most of our equipment is going to be newer. Like I said, it's all cabbed, heated seats, and you know all that kind of stuff that goes with it. But uh, I think our oldest model is like a 2020. That's not goes, old. No, it's not. It's practically brand new. Um, and then we do have a the newest one is a 2022 model. So, do y'all gravitate towards a certain brand? We tend to like the John Deere stuff. I mean, they've been the green. Really it's all yellow. It's all yellow. <laughs> Yeah, for the excavator stuff and the dozers, it, it's John Deere. They do a yellow and gray theme um, on theirs. Um, and different ones have different paint schemes, like Hitachi's. They do orange and you know things like that. But um, but yeah, most of our stuff is Deere. We do have a Hitachi. Uh, we do have one um, one cat, I think. One yeah, there's one cat out there for the for the backhoe. Um, but most of it, like I said, it's pretty universal. If you can drive a John Deere backhoe, well, you can drive a cat backhoe just as well. Is an academy to learn to do this? Are you guys exclusive in Arkansas? I've never heard of anything like this. There's not too many of us around. Um, I think there's only about 12 or 13 of these schools like this across the country. Um, we are pretty much one of the top ones in the, in the whole country, uh, in fact. Um, there's one down in Florida. we got one in Wisconsin, things like that across the country. But, yeah, there's only a handful of them across the state. Other than that, there's really no other way to get experience. Um, you may start out as a contractor. Um, if you have no experience, he's going to put a shovel in your hands. You're going to be yeah. in a ditch somewhere and you'll be begging and pleading for, you know, two, three years <laughs> to finally get a chance. And then you better not screw it up either. Or you're going to be right. back in the ditch. Um, but other than that, there's no other way to really get the experience. You got to, you, you got to have the seat time yeah. on these machines to be good at it. That's just all there is to it. It's like, I, I understand being a crop duster is very hard to get into. You know, yep. you can go off to the school, but like if you're, it's not your family thing, third generation, that's kind of a tough thing. Yeah. It's probably some of that in the bulldozer world. Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's some people out there. It's like, you know, their dad had a landscaping company or whatever, or, or their dad was a plumber and they had a mini X. So, you know, junior got to play around oh, with yeah. it. And grow. So, yeah, I mean, you can get in that way and that sort of thing. And, you know, like I said, back in the old days, it used to be the farmhands. The guys that were, you know, running stuff for their dads and, you know, grandparents and things like that. And, you know, they were coming up into this field. You know, we always see these pictures online. I'm always fascinated of these gigantic dump trucks that, like, you can put a whole county worth of dirt in. Are there any of those in the state of Arkansas? There are. Those really? Are, yep. Those are actually off-road uh, dump trucks. So it's something, and you're going to get a kick out of this. You do not need a CDL to drive them. Because they never go on they the road. They never go on the road. That's it. Well, they're so, probably wider than a road. They are. They are. They're two lanes wide. I mean, they're ridiculous. To even ship those things, you got to take it apart and ship it in pieces. And How many are in Arkansas? Oh, I don't even know. Where uh, would they be? <laughs> uh, you're looking at quarries. There's a, a huge uh, lake they're building down in, like towards Bauxite in that area. There's a few there. So, um, I mean, just anywhere where they need to haul a lot, a, ma a massive amount of dirt, that's where you're going to find them. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, it. If they let you drive that for 30 minutes, it'd be pretty interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. You absolutely. know, so what's the most difficult job, dirt work job you can get? Build a lake? I don't know. What is the hardest? I mean, some things are, I mean, everyone, your job has their own kind of unique challenges. Um, as far as the hardest equipment to drive, personally, I think it's the dozer. I'm an excavator guy myself. That's my favorite piece of equipment. To me, dozer is the most complicated. You have to get, you know, perfectly flat foundations and things like that for folks. And I tell you what, it is absolutely hilarious watching a new student on a dozer for the very first time. You know, you got to think that blade is sitting out five feet in front of your tracks, right? Yeah. So as they're making adjustments, they might bring their blade up. 
Well, now their tracks catch up, and now they're going up in the air. They've, they've gone too far. So now they panic, and they go back down. So then what they end up doing is creating this little roller coaster effect, and it looks just like the Pacific Ocean out there, up and down, up and down, just as far as I can see. And they all do it. They all do it. Everybody that's brand new on a dozer, that's the first thing that they learn how to do is create those nice little waves like that. <laughs> can you give us some of your favorite success stories of somebody you've seen come attend and, and where they're at and what they're doing? We had one student come through the class and, you know, we were kind of worried that he may not be able to do this kind of work. He was actually on the autism spectrum. So a lot of the complicated jobs he would just stare at and his brain, the way it was wired, he just couldn't get going. So we'd give him a task. I was like, okay, we need a pad right here. I need this 100 by 100. It's got to be perfectly flat for a home or whatever. Or I'm doing a, a trench right here. This is going to be for a gas line. I need a bell hole right here, 200 feet out. Then I need it in the 90 over this direction. You know, whatever those case. And, and the way his brain was wired, he just had really trouble getting going. So hmm. we either had to hold his hand through some of these processes and things. Um, or what we ended up doing with him is like, look, let's get you something to where it doesn't require that much critical thought. Um, and let's get you on the front end loader. We're going to get you loading dump trucks all day long, just as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. And we've got him in a quarry doing that kind of work. So to me, that is huge success. So he's in a quarry right now. He's loading dump trucks all day long. It doesn't require a lot of critical thought doing that. It's like, hey, take this. I want SB2, so I'm going to load that in this truck, or I want sand or gravel or whatever. And that's what he does all day long now. Wow, that's that's pretty neat. That's pretty good. What's the farthest you've had a student move off for work? Uh, we got one guy right now in Alaska. So that, oh, wow. I think that takes the cake. Um, we got one student in our class right now, and he's going back to Hawaii. So uh, I think Alaska and Hawaii, they're about the same distance there. Doing so. dirt work in Hawaii? Oh, yeah. Well, you got to think they have a uh, you know volcano goes off and it takes down a you know road or whatever they got to repair the roads right. They have construction going on. Hotels are going up, and I mean they're just like any other state. You know, he uh, somebody recently bulldozed the Magnum PI house. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, know that. the house. Maybe he did. No. Maybe your student did that. Yeah, they <laughs> sure did. They tore down the home used on Magnum PI Mm-mm-mm. to build some other house. Mm. That's just disrespectful. It is. That's a great show. <laughs> yeah, it was. Does everybody bring their own lunch? How's that work? Well, you got two things. There's a really good Mexican restaurant if you get towards Damascus there. Amigo Loco, oh, man, fantastic Mexican food. Taco oh, cool. Tuesday is pretty much the go-to for all of man. our guys there. Yeah. They have, like, tacos for, like, a dollar or two. It's, you know, <laughs> I'm in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and steak, chicken tacos, they even have a, a shrimp one. It's amazing. We're talking with Ryan Spear. He is with the Heavy Equipment Operating Academy. It is in B Branch right on 65. Give us some phone numbers and uh websites yeah so the website again that's uh get into heavy equipment.com uh or you can go to our official site that's heo academy.com that's henry echo october academy.com or you can give us a call too. phone number is 501-628-7309 you know I, it's fascinating man i want to come out and drive a couple of these things i'm really interested well, in come it. on that's very <laughs> cool well thank you so much ryan spear he's with heavy equipment operating academy Check those guys out in B Branch, and we'll see you next week on Guatney Unplugged.